You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Check it out. Welcome back, welcome back. Well, I don't know if you're supposed to open the show with welcome back. Either way, I just did. What's going on, folks? This is Jason Jones of The Athletic and your host, riding solo for the Ruler of the Court podcast, where I talk Sacramento Kings, talk hip-hop, and whatever else the hell I feel like talking about on any given day. What's going on, everyone? Hope all is well out there. It's a little rainy in California. You know, it got below 60 degrees, so, you know, we got parkas on, you know, we break out our rain, you know, our Tims, you know, we ready for this cold weather. We will survive this below 60, you know, these frigid temperatures that we're encountering right now. Whew, had to turn the heater on, you know, it, it just, yeah, it's not cool at all. Don't live in California to have stuff like this happen. Nevertheless... Here to talk some Kings before I jump into music. Uh, Kings are four and six through ten games after beating Cleveland on Wednesday night. I'm recording this on a Thursday, so yeah, sit at four and six. Um, considering they started 0 and four, I think four and six is a good spot for them to be in. But just because they've uh, won four of the last six. That's really not a reason to, I mean, you can be optimistic, but it's no reason to gloss over what, what is their most glaring issue that I'm going to talk about today. And that is through 10 games, it's the defense. You know, it's, yeah, they're, they're score, they can score points. We know they can score points. They've been now, this team has improved from last season, so they've got even more options to score. But the defense remains a sore spot. And let me just give you some... <laughs> Numbers uh, right now uh, through 10 games, the Kings are allowing opponents to shoot 50.1%. That's 29th in the NBA. They're allowing opponents to shoot 38.4% from three. That is 29th. They allow, they are allowing 55.6 points in the paint. That's 28th in the league. And what makes that uh, points in the paint so glaring that you know that they're getting killed in the half court in the paint is, is because they're allowing 10.4 points on the, off the fast break on the year, which is which actually leads the league. So for those, for them to be so low <laughs> defensively in terms of points in the paint, that just tells you they're just getting you know killed. In half court sets and, and teams getting into the point paint and getting what they want. 
Now, who was that on? You look at the your your, your perimeter defenders, you know, but I you know, I think between you know, De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell, if Harrison Barnes is playing, well, you know, you you know, it's not just the you know, you got got Terrence Davis, you know. So if all things are clicking on the perimeter, I think the Kings are a better team with their perimeter defense overall. The glaring hole for them is they don't have paint protection. They don't have a they don't have a rim protector, which is a big reason why their defensive rating is 114.6 and they're 25th in the league overall. You know, they do not protect the paint very well at all. And it shows up in a myriad of, you know, myriad of ways and with some of those numbers I gave you. The question becomes, how do you fix that? I don't know if I don't believe they have the answer on the roster for for simple reasons. Uh, number one, Demontis Sabonis is not a great defender. He's never been a great defender. You remember in Indiana, he played the four, and it was Miles Turner's defense. So we can you know so Miles was the you know the rim protector the anchor the guy who could fly around and defend which covered up for Sabonis and there's no Miles Turner to cover up for Sabonis right now and that partly contributes to the foul trouble he gets in I think just because he's in that role now but defense is not as strong suit never has been as strong so he's in there to get the score grab defensive rebounds he's not going to be a rim protector. And the guy who has the best chance to be a rim protector on the roster is Alex Lynn. And Alex Lynn ain't getting no minutes. So there's that. Neither is Rashawn Holmes. He's not getting minutes right now either. And even then, I don't, Rashawn, to me, you know, is athletic. He can you know, maybe be a weak side help guy blocking shots and whatnot. But he's not a rim protector. He's not, you know, he's not, you know, to, you know Matumbo in the paint. So I don't know if there's a way, like I said again, to fix what ails the Kings defensively. And yeah, you can look at, you know, I don't know if you look at trades. One, it's early. Teams aren't making deals now, but I don't think there's any, there's not a quick fix to this. And it's going to be the biggest impediment, I believe, for the Kings if, if they try to make the playoffs. When teams know they can get you know get their money in the paint pretty much whenever they feel like it, you're gonna have problems. And the problem the Kings have is not just the paint; they're giving it up in the paint, out the paint from behind the three-point line as well. puts a tremendous amount of pressure on your offense to be perfect almost every night. And you maybe you can have games where you get stops, but there's no way to expect to be a playoff team and be sustainable if you're if you're out there giving up 115, 120. Because as good as the Kings can be on offense, I don't think it's realistic to expect them to score 120 a night. So I don't think you can put that on any team. So when you look at this Kings team, to me, that is their biggest. Uh, that's the biggest concern right now through 10 games. Again, it's only 10 games. And, you know, I guess if you're optimistic, things can change. I don't know if they have the personnel to make that change. But 
we'll see, you know, we'll see where this thing takes us. And as we look ahead, you know, to what's coming up this weekend, they've got the 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 Lakers and the Warriors and playing the Lakers should help their defensive rating and defensive numbers. The Lakers are the worst three-point shooting team in basketball. So if the Lakers hit almost 40% of the threes against the Kings, that just means, damn it, life is not fair because the Lakers absolutely stink from the three-point line. Their best players are guys you aren't afraid to let shoot the three. And on top of that, LeBron James has already been ruled out. Uh, that came out uh, Thursday evening. He's been ruled out for Friday's game against the Kings with a, a groin injury. So you've got the added uh, thing that they don't have a player that you're going to be afraid of, you know, as far as, you know, who's going to set guys up, who's going to, you know, to create open threes. I mean, maybe it's Russ, maybe it's AD some, but that's all they got. And, you know, you don't have a, a table setter to try to get guys open looks. So, or even if you don't have the LeBron of the table setter, Russ can set guys up, you know, when he's getting downhill. But the problem that also presents is that as bad as the uh, Lakers are in terms of shooting the three, they get buckets and they can get to the they can they can cause you problems inside with, with Russ and AD. So can the Kings you know figure some semblance of defense for the Lakers? You would hope so. The Lakers are two and nine. They're not a good team. They're struggling. Their defense, which was so good to start the year, has has slipped considerably. The offense has been a mess, you know, pretty much all year. They're a couple of, you know, they're like a, a lucky shot damn near against New Orleans from being winless on this, you know, or having one win. So there's just a lot of things to consider when you're looking at this game coming up for the Kings. So I would, I would I'm not going to say I'd be shocked if the Kings lost, but I would expect they would put forth a decent effort. As they travel to Los Angeles to face the Lakers. And I think I've talked enough Kings for right now. So no, we can talk about now. And we can talk some draft Kings. Y'all know what it is. The NBA, Hey, NBA fans. NBA action is just getting started. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports, sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make $5 NBA pregame money line bet, any any $5 NBA pregame money line bet, and get this, get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And if you're the Kings fans, lately that's been a good bet. <laughs> Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app. Place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Or if you're looking at Friday's game against the Lakers, how many threes the Lakers missed might be a fun one to do because that might be 25-30. You just don't know with, the, with them. For the Kings, it might be how many De'Aaron Fox threes, how many Davion Mitchell th steals. So much to consider. And with big, bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Or I send my friends to bet on the NBA. <laughs> so here's your call to action, folks. Here's what you got to do. We'll download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, here's my favorite part of the show, of course. Y'all know the hip-hop portion. And as a Long Beach native, today is even a better birthday to celebrate. You know, I think I spent a good part of Libra season talking about birthdays. And we're back on birthdays because today is the birthday of the one and only Warren Griffin, better known to all of you as the DJ Warren G., Long Beach, one of the Long Beach finest rappers to come out. And today, Warren celebrates his 52nd birthday. Wow, I'm getting old because my favorite rappers are in their 50s. <laughs> but I just, what I wanted to do was give everyone really, you know, the, in my opinion, the reason why. Warren G should be more, even more greatly appreciated in this hip hop game. I don't really think he gets the full, really the the true, the true, the true recognition he deserves. And let me tell you why. Everyone loves, you know, everyone loves G Funk. Well, if you got any sense, you love G Funk and. Warren G was a key part of the G-Funk era getting started. If you don't know the backstory, I'll give you the synopsis. I actually, Warren has a documentary that he put out a few years ago where he discusses kind of the history of 213. That was the group with himself and uh, a young Snoop Doggy Doggy Dog. Yeah, he's Snoop Dogg now, but you know he was Snoop Doggy Dog when he first came out. And essentially... Snoop Dogg wanted to quit rapping. You know, it wasn't making no money. He took his rhymes and, you know, that he had written, threw them away. He was done. But it was Warren who got Snoop, you know. Yeah, it was the G-Funk documentary on YouTube. You can check it out, y'all. You know, but it was Warren who got Snoop, you know, to not give up on rapping. It was Warren who brought him to his brother, Dr. Dre. And that's where you got your, you know, deep cover. You got the chronic and all that stuff. Thanks to Warren G. And who else came along with Warren G? Nate Dogg. A, probably the most important, the most important voice of the era. In terms of singing and and part of the G-Funk era. You know, there's some, there's been some great voices, you know, in that hip-hop, you know, R&B crossover. But talking about, strictly about the G-Funk era, that that sound there's not a more important singer than Nate Dogg you know and that's all coming to you largely in part due to the help of Warren G and Warren G had his his hands some involvement on the chronic and doggy style but as is detailed in the documentary as we all know Warren was not signed to death row <laughs> so what did Warren have to do Warren had to find a way to get his music out on his own. And he scored his he scored a mainstream hit with Regulate with Nate Dogg. That was on the Above the Rim soundtrack and the lead single from his album, Regulate G Funk Era, which was on Def Jam. 
And Def Jam is a historically important label in the history of hip-hop. But at this time, Def Jam wasn't the shit. You know, you had Def Row in the West. You had Bad Boy in the East. You know, later on, you know, Loud Records would come. You know, you have the Alcoholics and then later Wu-Tang. But Def Jam, no one, you know, as one of my homeboys would say, wasn't nobody checking for Def Jam like that at this time. But who, who... Who kept basically the lights on at Def Jam until they, until they could get to the stage where a DMX could show up? It was Warren G. It was a West Coast artist who went to one of the most prominent labels on the East Coast and kept it going. Would hit with you know would would regulate G Funk era's debut album and some of his hits after that, some of his you know his uh his singles that kept that thing going. And allowed them to, you know like i said to to you know maintain some relevance because you know the music scene at that point really wasn't nobody like i said thinking about no def jam you know it was it was def row it was you no know, it was bad boy there was a lot going on the south was coming strong you know you had you know outcast you know you had you know before Warren and that face, I don't know who the hell was on Def Jam. And it really don't matter because, like I said, Long Beach came through, did the damn thing, and kept Def Jam going. So, with all that being said, that is why I say you all need to, you know, give Warren G a birthday shout-out on your socials if you can. And also, Warren G is going to be at Golden One Center on this coming Sunday. It's West Coast Hip Hop Night at the, at the Kings game against the Warriors. So it makes sense to have a pioneer like Warren G performing post game for, you know, Hip Hop Night. I'm I'm all for that. You know, my LBC brother Warren G going to be doing the damn thing in Sacramento. The Loonies are supposed to be there too, part of the event. But, you know, show your love to Warren G because remember, without Warren... You don't have Snoop. You may not have Nate. And who knows? The history of hip-hop might be different. Because is the chronic really the chronic without Snoop Doggy Dog? I think not. I don't think there's a deep cover single from that movie if it's just Dr. Dre. I, you know, so, again, sometimes, you know, I think Warren has, a, you know, he has a name in the hip-hop game. But I say give him more credit for what he's done for hip-hop and before I, you know, get up out of here, I just want to run off, you know, some of my favorite Warren G songs. And, you know, maybe give you some different ones. You know, well, you probably heard them all, but, you know, I, I, I love the song Gangster Love. And I love the song I Want It All with Mac-10. You know, Gangster Love has Corrupt, Nate Dogg, RBX. You know, this is from the album I Want It All. And a lot of this stuff came out when I was in college. This album came out in 99. And I'll give you a few more Warren G songs. I don't, I'm not going to make you uh, go to uh, the, the first album. You guys all know Regulate and all that. If you go to the album, take a look over your shoulder. You know, uh, Anime, the song I, I thoroughly enjoyed in college. And also Smoking Me Out in part because you got Ron Isaac talking about smoking people. Smoking, which I thought was hilarious back then as well. And one more before I go from the return of the regulator. Got to play looking at you. That is some that's some good Warren G right there. So that's just a bit of it. And actually one final tidbit. One of the greatest hip hop skits of all time. D's Nuts. 
that's Warren G. So you can't in terms of skits, you can't top that. So go ahead, give Warren G some love, give him a shout out. Shout out to uh, the Basketball Podcast Network for letting me talk about hip hop after I get done with the Kings. So again, thank you for all that, and thanks to all of you who listen. Give me a shout out. Hit me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. On Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. This has been the Ruler of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. I am still Jason Jones of The Athletic. You can find me on the Culture Vertical where I'm writing about all types of fun things. Um, story dropped this week about the... The, the uh, Panini America and Reebok collaboration for the uh, Iverson question shoe. Uh, I need to get a pair of them. They were all out of 14s. That sucks for me. And I got more stuff coming along. Just keep checking this out. And again, this is Jason Jones. This is the Rule of the Court podcast. Catch me on all my other stuff I'm doing. I ain't got time to name it all, but I'll talk to y'all later. I'm out. <laughs>